Do you want your apostolate to attain its maximum effectiveness? You sound like a weird infomercial. No, I sound like a magisterial document from the Second Vatican Council. Okay, then. Let's listen in. Welcome to A Word from Our Outpost. With Joseph and Crystal Gruber. A podcast for Catholic disciples who are wrestling the missionary minded in their normal, everyday lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Direct, O Lord, our actions by thy holy inspiration, that every word and work of ours may begin in thee, and by thee be happily ended. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So. So. I have a favorite thing that you have started doing recently. It's about me. I like it already. (laughs) When in the parish, there's plenty of folks that. Throughout the world, even. Really like the Second Vatican Council. Or the spirit thereof. And you came up with a question that I love and think is great. Do tell. You say when somebody says something about liking the Second Vatican Council or liking the things that it has brought about or what have you, you say, oh, what's your favorite document? I do ask them that. You do. How often do people have good answers? So far, uh, one guy didn't say that he liked Vatican II. But he's actually been reading the documents, and he found them to be quite enlightening. A charming fellow. I think he's in his 80s and has seen the the church through all sorts of different tumult. And uh, he's looking at the documents now, and he he likes them. So he had an answer. Most people don't. No offense, most people. Um, I, I just don't think people read magisterial documents in general. Confession. I have not read very much at all. Of the Second Vatican Council documents. And what I have read have been like a couple paragraphs here and there that other people tell me are worth reading. I would like to change that. Mm-hmm. And you're helping me change that because you started reading out loud. In the car. In the car. One of the documents. Apostolicum exiusi. No, I can't. Close. Yeah. <laughs> Apostolicum. Apostolicum. Exuositatum. Axiositatum. Yeah. And it rolls right off the tongue. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the decree on the apostolate of the laity, which uh, for you new listeners, uh, my wife and I are married, which means unless we were part of the Eastern Rites, one of them, uh, we're, we're lay people. We are. Uh, oh, uh, we just are lay people. It's not, there wasn't <laughs> any reason to mention Eastern Rites. That was weird. We're just lay people. Good old lay people who mm-hmm. have we an have, active apostolate. And we have a document from the Second Vatican Council addressed to us. Like all of the other documents from the Second Vatican Council are like, hey, bishops, hey, bishops and priests, hey, bishop, priests, and maybe lay people. This is the one that's, it's actually, it's like, hey, lay people, this document's for you. You got a whole decree just for you guys. And it's not terribly long, which is nice. Makes it easy to, to say, I, I could read this whole thing. Uh, for, for those who aren't aware, the Second Vatican Council put forth, what was it, 16 documents over the space of four or so years. Uh, and most of them are not that long. Um, I think people get really intimidated by Latin and by uh, ecumenical councils. And um, 
things promulgated by popes. Um, they're, they're not that long. They've, they may have some tricky parts to them because they're referencing things that we might not be as aware of. Uh, sometimes they're referencing other documents, and then you have to play, you know, a wild goose chase of like, okay, they say this document, this guy says that document, going back, that document says look at that document, which I've been enjoying doing recently uh, for a project, um, but it might be intimidating. And this particular document is one of the later ones that came out, coming out towards the end of 1965. Mm-hmm. And we found one section in particular so we were driving along and my wife was driving and i was uh navigating slash keeping her awake and um i thought well she just said she hadn't read any vatican ii documents and i happened to have the decree on the apostolate of the laity in a handy little booklet form and so i said why can't why shouldn't i just read some of this to you and i thought about reading for the beginning but then I opened up, and there's a whole section that I decided to read to her, and I did. And you decided to read it because as you've been digging through all these documents, which I think we've mentioned in previous podcasts, you're looking for how do we, how do we be formed for an apostolate and just in general. And how do we form other people? And the section was called Formation for the Apostolate. And it's directed to lay people. So the implication is that's how we should be formed. And maybe some of you listeners should be formed, unless we've got entirely priest and religious as listeners. I'm sure that we do not. Although... We got a new subscriber tonight, so... Because I told somebody about it, and he hit the subscribe button. Um, so... He was not, he was not religious or clergy. Moving on. <laughs> so... Um, because we're big nerds and because we're so excited about this, we are actually planning on doing the next couple of podcasts, unpacking this section on the formation for the apostolate. Um, and so we just kind of wanted to outline, there's five paragraphs in the section that we want to go over over the next couple of podcasts. Um, the introduction is the first sort of paragraph to that section, which we'll come back to and talk a little bit more about. It'll be paragraph 28 for those keeping count. And then paragraph 29 goes into topics of formation. And this is super rich. Joseph would like to do 10 podcasts on this paragraph alone. Oh, maybe more. If I let him, we'll see. <laughs> we'll do one to begin with, and then we'll move on, because it's good sometimes to hit something and then move on. But it's rich, and there's a lot to it. Um, and then the next paragraph is on kinds of education, uh, which is super fascinating. Yeah. Now that we have children that we're trying to educate, we're like, oh, this is what we're supposed to teach. This is what the family is supposed to do to produce not just disciples, but missionary disciples. It's not, I mean, it's not giving me every answer, but it's certainly getting some gears turning. And we've got plenty of friends in the educational field where I'm like, oh, this makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. um, the fourth paragraph is formation particular to different kinds of endeavors. So realizing that whether you're a single person or a married person, whether you work an office desk job or um, in a field somewhere, that these different elements of our life, aspects of our life are going to transform aspects of the formation that we need. Yeah. Or if you feel particularly called to reach out to fellow Catholics, 
or to people who've never really heard the gospel before, who sometimes are lumped in with fellow Catholics, depending. Anyway, um, or if you're called um, to to apostolic work, especially through acts of charity, so it hits those kinds of things. Uh, so we'll probably circle back to this again um, as well. And then the last paragraph talks about resources for apostolic workers. Which um, they said that there's plenty, but uh, I don't think they had any idea how many more resources would come out post the Second Vatican Council. Because there, there's there's a lot. Um, so we can unpack some of the things that they said were good resources and resources that we've been coming across that we've been finding a lot of fruit from. But yeah, I mean, maybe we'll look back someday and say an episode or two from this series was a good resource for some people, maybe. That would be nice. I would enjoy that. So if you're super nerdy like us and you want to really follow along, you can get yourself a copy of the document. I don't think people realize this, but well, some people realize this, but the Vatican has a website, vatican.va. Um, the Vatican actually put out a website. It was one of the earliest websites out there, um, but they have uploaded pretty much every magisterial document you'd ever want to get your hands on, and they've got it in English and Latin and French and Spanish and a bunch of different languages. Um, so you can find uh, general addresses, you can find homilies, from recent popes, you can find um, encyclicals, apostolic exhortations, you can find papal bulls, you can find... All the things for free. All so the things. we'll put a link for this particular document in the show notes, hopefully. Oh yeah, easy peasy. Um, but you can find all the things there. All right, so before we close up shop tonight, we wanted to talk a little bit more about the introductory paragraph for formation for the apostolate. Apparently, the apostolate can attain its maximum effect, maximum effectiveness only through a diversified and thorough formation. So saith the first sentence of paragraph 28. And I think what's electrifying about this is this idea that we're actually called to have a maximal uh, kind of effectiveness in our apostolic work. It's like, how many farmers are out there who say, I'm really going to go for a minimal crop this year. I really want to get as, you know, like bare minimum effectiveness from this field like that that's that's not how farmers work they think how can we have maximum fruitfulness um and the second vatican council says if we want maximum effectiveness it's through a diversified and thorough formation and i think this is something both you and i lack and, and we feel the lack mm-hmm. of a really truly diversified and thorough formation some of it through our own faults, some of it through just where the church is right now in terms of its ability to form. Um, oh, go ahead. Well, and I think we feel really blessed to have the formation that we do have and then to still feel like, but it's not as diversified as it could be and it's not as thorough as it could be. But the other thing I really like about this is I think so often people sort of like set up camp in an area of the church that they like to be formed in and stay there. And then these camps sort of like get pitted against each other, which is this terrible infighting that can happen. And this is showing that we need to learn from each other. So people that 
really love, you know, this kind of liturgy or people that really love that kind of music or people that really love this kind of healing or what have you, that we can all learn from each other and be formed through different aspects of things. There's richness to, to the fullness of all the different pieces and parts that the church has to offer. Those probably aren't great examples to what this is going back for, but. But that there are examples of people being concentrated too much Mm -hmm. in one area of formation. So um, sometimes people will talk about, you know, intellectual formation, um, moral formation, um, spiritual formation, and like apostolic formation, right? So um, those are really important. Some people really nerd out into the intellectual formation and they leave everything else high and dry. Some people might focus too much on uh, the spiritual formation, but not really have any intellectual backbone to it, um, and might not have much of an apostolic life. Um, And anyway, to have a kick in the pants and say, get out of your comfort zone. If you want maximum effectiveness, we need to be formed. We, We need to be put in places where we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, maybe this is the scariest thing is that one, we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, we get um, into trouble because we think we know what we know, but what we know isn't actually all. Um, it's anyway. lacking. The next sentence part of it says this is demanded not only by the continuous spiritual and doctrinal progress of the layperson himself. And I love that the continuous spiritual and doctrinal progress. I think one of the things that we hear a lot and have heard a lot both on campus and in the parish is, oh, I went to 12 years of Catholic school. Um, This is another one. Joseph has come up with a great question to follow up with, which is, and what have you been doing since then to continue to grow in your faith? Um, And responses to that are often telling. But this idea that our our formation... I don't just ask questions to get people no. i ask questions it's you, i'm interested you it's a it's a sincere it like, question okay that's the beginning of something clearly if you said that there might be something more and if there is let's talk about that and if there isn't maybe we should talk about that and i mean i've had when i've asked people that question i've had people like light up and look at me and say is there where can i get more information where they just left high school a decade ago and didn't know how or where to go to continue their formation. And so they're excited to learn about different resources. And so I think that realizing that, that we're called to that, we're made for that continuous formation. And, and also maybe the slightly more negative twist, we're not made for backsliding. We're not made to just start forgetting the things that we've learned. And I feel like this has happened in so many other kinds of subject areas now that I've been out of school for a while that I've lost things that I've learned. Uh, but if I continue to be formed in different areas, I'm not going to lose things. I'm going to build off of them. No. I think the other thing that's interesting to me out of this paragraph is that it um, sort of reveals that different your different situations in life are going to need um, particular aspects of formation, I guess, which, as we mentioned, that gets gone into more later on. But um, I think that that's a great reminder in the introduction of, hey, 
this isn't a one size fits all. There's going to be particular things for particular people that are important for formation. And as we're approaching a time of transition, springtime, which tends to be a time when people graduate, tends to be a time when weddings are planned or um, even scheduled um, or engagements, you know, spring is just this time of new life and transition and movement. And to be able to say, as I transition, there is a corresponding level of formation that I need to meet the new situation, whether it be a new job or a new new relationship. Um, there's actually formation out there that I can receive on a natural level, but also on a supernatural level to be able to enter into that reality as I ought to be. Um, and if I'm not asking the question, how can I be better formed now for the thing that I'm coming into, um, that I'm, I'm going to miss out. I'm going to start reacting instead of being responsible and responding to the reality at hand. And I think, yeah, this is one of the reasons why the, the, the topics of formation and then the, the, uh, different kinds of, um, apostolic work will be exciting to talk about. Um, but it, this is the thing about different magisterial documents is sometimes they just throw these lines out like, well, of course you're going to adapt to the varying circumstances around you, you know, that come on. I'm like, <laughs> shoot, shoot. <laughs> I haven't been doing that. Yeah. Help, help. Yeah. How do I do that? What does that look like? And to see like even, you know, getting married. Yes. Uh, I think uh, some, uh, some people have this realization that marriage prep is not just planning for the wedding, but planning for married life. But then also having a child, having another child, having a special needs child, like the the kinds of formation that we need to respond to those realities. Um, and to know that if we're actually responding to reality, we're responding to the will of God. And, and this is interesting because, you know, thinking about different jobs that I've had, I've gotten a new job and usually there's some sort of training but there was no training when I had a baby in my arms. <laughs> there was the one midwife class where I learned the best thing. When you change a diaper, have the new diaper underneath the old one. It is great. That was the best piece of information I got from that. And I use it daily. So, realizing that there are some pretty gaping holes in that formation through some of these transition periods. And, and like you mentioned earlier, I mean, some of it's pretty practical, pretty human, like how to change a diaper, but some of it also is very spiritual. Like what does my prayer life look like now that I don't sleep and, um, I feel totally incompetent all day long. And, and how do I wrestle with that with the Lord and how do I overcome that? And those are things that I, I kind of ignored for, Probably a lot longer than I should have, especially now that I'm reading this. This is why we're doing this Excellent. for everybody else who <laughs> um, get it together more quickly than me. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. It is all right because we can only move from where we are. Perfect. I'll take it. Okay. Any other highlights from the introduction? Well, there's this other throw. This sentence: This formation for the apostolate should rest upon those bases which have been stated and proclaimed by this Most Holy Council and other documents. And then the footnote, 
sends you to uh, Lumen Gentium and the Degree on Ecumenism and a bunch of paragraphs from both of those. And you're like, huh, maybe, maybe I should read those. And that's true. Maybe we should. Um, but th this is one of those sort of, you know, rabbit holes where um, there's also, it seems like they're sort of leading you on like, don't worry, all of these bases are in other documents that you don't have in front of you. But they'll actually go through some other bases um, in this in this document. Um, but I think just taking it uh, one bite at a time, I think um, really trying to digest what they're saying and why they're saying it and how that impacts us um, and what kinds of questions this then prompts in us Hopefully for you, the listener, this has um, prompted at least a couple of questions for you. Um, at some point or another, we're going to do like some variation on a mailbag or Q&A kind of thing. We haven't figured out the mechanics for that. But if at any time you have questions for us or comments, you can email us at ouroutpost at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page called A Word From Our Outpost with Joseph and Crystal Gruber. Feel free to send us a message on that. And we'd love to hear, I think we've heard a couple of people talk about talking about what they've been thinking about after having listened to the podcast, which is what we really are excited about, being able to, to spur on conversations. Um, so hopefully that happens as well. Yeah, but I, I mean, gosh. Do I want a maximally effective apostolate? Because that, if I do, I really want this document. I really want this chapter. I really want to to, to squeeze everything I can out of it. And I think that's a question um, to bring to prayer uh, for myself. Because in my head, I think, of course. But in my heart and in my actions, does it always follow through? Also, that sounds very tiring, which I need to talk to the Lord about. Yeah, because if we think that the apostolate is going to drain us in a way that... I'm thinking about it wrong. Maybe. Or maybe Jesus is like, yeah, go and be drained with me. In which case, it's not going to be that bad. Yeah. It'll be as bad as it's supposed to be, which will be for our good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's a bold claim that formation uh, will help us to attain our maximum effectiveness in our apostolate. And yeah, this is why we have our podcast because we want to be more effective and we want to help other people be more effective. Because I, I don't know if everybody got the memo on this one. Jesus told us to make disciples of all nations, and I didn't do any real thorough counting, but I think there are at least a couple of nations that have not been made into disciples thus far. And unfortunately, some of the nations that maybe started out with disciples are. Go in the wrong direction presently. Yeah. So there's that. Mission territory abounds. It does. Well. Job security for missionaries. <laughs> Any other comments on the introduction to this chapter? Not for me. I'm really excited about this. Over Easter, I just talked to everybody about Apostolica Maxuositatum, and people had to bear with it. They just had to do it. And hopefully it's enjoyable for you, our listeners. And hopefully 
you get as excited about the next couple paragraphs as we do, since that's what we're going to be podcasting about for the next couple weeks. If we get, how about this, 20 emails saying, no, no, for the love of all that's good and holy, abandon this quest. Turn your attention to other topics, please. Then we'll consider very seriously doing that. But they can't all be from the same person. Mm. (laughs) Good clarification. Anyways. Anyways, it's a cool document. It's easy to get online. You can also order it from Amazon into a handy little booklet, um, which is what I have. I also have it as part of a collection of Vatican II documents. Um, You can print it out. Um, This section, Chapter 6, is only like three or four pages typed on Word. So if you want to copy and paste it and then print it, easy peasy. We will look forward to continuing to discuss this. And in the meanwhile, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for giving us the wisdom of the church. We pray that you would guide us as we dig deeper into understanding how we're called to be formed as lay people, how we're called to go and make disciples through your Son. Amen. Amen. Take my hand and let's be on our way. And now finally I can say that I love you. Yes, I love you. From our outpost to yours, thanks for listening. And a special thanks to John Mark Skoke. That's S-K-O-C-H. For the music. Check them out on Spotify.